thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you've been able to join us today for Jesus the Healer, and I'm believing that you're going to receive answers for your life. I tell you, come expecting to this broadcast with your faith. Join your faith to the word that you're going to hear today, and uh, as we do, we'll learn how to be better doers of the word, right? Amen. We've got a precious studio audience here. They've joined us today, and we're so glad you've joined with us. We're here to be students. We're here to listen. We're here to take in what God would say to us. And I'm believing for you to hear things in your own heart that didn't even come out of my mouth, but something that God speaks to you that's specific to the need for your life. Amen. Amen. Become a student today with us. Uh, get your Bible, get a notepad and pen and pencil or, and follow along with us. We've been teaching on the mind and we're so grateful to get to do that because every one of us got one. Yes. <laughs> and you know this, I mean, this is true. You're not going to get away from your mind in this life. So you might as well have it line up with the words so that your mind uh, cooperates with the plan of God and cooperates with your life instead of your mind kicking against. Uh, wrong thinking kicks against the plan of God. It kicks against the thoughts of God. And so as we renew our minds with the word, life made is sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And so we've been taking as our golden text every episode at this point, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And Paul is writing to uh, this young minister by the name of Timothy, and he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Aren't you glad to know that? No fear. For the rest of our life, we are authorized to live free from fear. But you have to understand that fear is not simply a feeling. It's a spirit. And it's a spirit that we have total authority over. And so much of the time, the enemy does not want you to recognize fear at work. He wants you to think it's just the way of life. But listen, if we're not careful, fear has become so, it's, it's, it's been a part of the way that we were raised or the part that, you know, of our, the system of our household. And if we're not careful, we'll think it's normal. But fear is not normal for the child of God. Don't get used to it. Don't become accepting of it because everything you're okay with, you'll end up having. You'll end up permitting. So don't be okay with it. And I'm talking about fear. Don't, don't have fear of sickness. Don't have fear of being alone. Don't have fear of making the wrong decision. Don't have fear of missing the will of God. Don't have fear of driving, of flying. I mean, no fear. Right. No arena. Don't, don't be afraid something bad's going to happen to your kids. Yeah. Or, yeah. I tell you what, you have to drive every bit of that out of your way of thinking, yeah. out of your way of speaking, and out of your way of believing. Thank God we have the word to help us with that. Why? Because as Paul said to Timothy, God's not given us 
the spirit of fear. And if God's not giving it, we're not taking it, right? right. Amen. So Paul said, he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us something. What is it he's given us? He's given us power. What is that? That's expressed through our authority. Amen. Not only that, it's expressed through the anointing that's within our, each, of our, each of our lives that are born again. There's an anointing that abides within. Amen. So we have power. We have love and not just any love, the same kind of love that God, that God is. Amen. Amen. We have the love of God. And then not only that, we have been given a sound mind. Right. Mm. The Amplified says that a sound mind is a calm mind. Mm-hmm. It's a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind. And it's a controlled mind. Mm-hmm. So that shows us that there's a part for us to play. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is up to us to be calm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's up to us to be uh, b- well-balanced. It's up to us to be disciplined. It's up to us to take control of our thought life. Why? Because as we do, then a sound mind can flow without any hindrance. Amen. I started in a previous episode talking about a service that we were doing here at the church years ago. My husband was preaching. He was having a healing service and he'd been teaching on healing. And he got done preaching and he turned to me and he said, uh, Nancy, he said, uh, God told me you've got something. Well, I, I learned this with my husband. It was always, I tell you, he kept you on your toes. Because, I mean, sometimes I would end up, he would have me to preach at the service. And you know when he'd tell me that I was preaching? When they were introducing him. <laughs> so you had to come to services ready. That, that, was, the, that was the big thing. And you know what? That's scriptural because Paul said, I am ready. Yeah. And uh, if we're not ready, we're behind. Because if we're moving with the Spirit, he'll always keep us ready. He'll always let us know. He'll cue us in so that we'll be ready. And uh, it's important that we live ready. You have to be ready with your faith. You have to be ready with right thoughts. You have to be ready with uh, the word in your mouth. And so uh, my husband, he made it a first class lesson to be ready. (laughs) I I can't tell you the number of times that that's happened. They're introducing him. He says, the anointing left me. It came on you. You're preaching. (laughs) Well, praise the Lord. (laughs) So whenever he would, uh, we'd be in a service and uh, he would say, you've got something. There were times that at early on that I'd say, no, I don't think I do. <laughs> and he would say, yeah, you do. And I'd go, hmm, I, no, I don't think I do. And then he would just go on. You know, if I miss that opportunity, he'd just go on. And then he would say, then after he would keep going, then all, all of a sudden something would come up and I'd go, oh, I do have some. <laughs> See, some, if you're not careful, you check your mind and that's the wrong place to check. Why? Because God's not leading you through your mind. He's leading you through your spirit. Yes. And sometimes we don't want to check our spirit because we don't, we don't want to have something for that service. <laughs> and so I had learned, and then he got, he got more bold with me as I spiritually developed. He said, no, you got something, come up here. And so I would come up, and invariably when I'd take the microphone, all of a sudden up it would come. So this, I, I learned when he said, you got something? I said, yeah, I got something. Just yeah. come on up. <laughs> Did you always know what you had? No, but as soon as you got there and as soon, because you know, to follow God takes faith. That's right. That's right. And as a minister to flow in the things of the spirit, it takes faith. You have to step out to flow with the nine manifestations or gifts of the spirit it takes faith. 
And sometimes people want to have it all planned out up here. And uh, if you do, you'll miss the flow of the Spirit many times because you have to attach your faith to the move of the Spirit and the flow of the Spirit so that you can move with Him. And so I just learned when Ed, finally, as I, as I gained a little bit of know-how, just a little bit, uh, as I gained a little bit of know-how, and when he'd say, you got something, I'd say, all right, I got something. And I'd go up there, grab the mic, and had no idea what I got, but I got something. So he would tell me this. He'd say, dip down. What's he mean? Don't dip into here. Dip into your spirit. You have to learn how to draw out of your spirit what's in you because your answers are in you. Your answers are in you. And so he said to me that night, he says, you got something. So I took the microphone, didn't know what I had, but okay, I got something. And um, so I uh, took the microphone and as soon as I did, I just, I just started speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. That happened three times. I spoke in tongues, then I interpreted it. Then I spoke in tongues, then I interpreted it mm-hmm. into English. And that happened three times. And that night, the Spirit of God said to to us. There are three primary ways. Now you understand when he says primary, he doesn't mean these are the only ways. There are three primary ways that a Christian, a believer can open the door to the devil. Now note this, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We're not under the dominion and the control of the devil. We've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. We are not under any kind of curse. When you're born again, you're not under a curse. No curse. No curse. But we have to be aware that we not do what Paul said in Ephesians 4 verse 27. He said, neither give place to the devil. Even though we're we're, we're not under a curse, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. We can still give place to the devil. That doesn't mean you're back under the curse. It means you opened the door to the devil. So as Paul said, neither give place to the devil. So notice that the devil can't take a place. You have to give it. He just can't do anything he wants anytime he wants. You have to give him place somehow through wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong behavior, uh, not standing on the word, neglecting the word, not feeding your faith, not exercising your authority, all these different things that open open the door. But um, as Paul said, neither give place to the devil. The devil wants you to think he can do anything he wants to you anytime he wants, but he can't. That's, right. yeah, that's, right. that's why he's got to deceive you first right. to try to get you thinking wrong because if you think wrong, then you open the door to him. Wrong thinking is open the door, door, opening the door. An unrenewed mind because we're told in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of the mind. What's the renewing of the mind? It means taking on the thoughts of God, taking on the thoughts of the word and making them yours. That any thought you have that's contrary to the word, you're done with it. You set it aside and you replace it with right thinking, which is the thoughts of the word. Uh, For those people who do not do this divine work of renewing their mind with the word, that's an open door to the devil. Uh-huh. An unrenewed mind opens the door to the devil. Why? Because unrenewed minds think wrong. The devil cannot come in through right thinking. He can only come in through wrong thinking. That's why he's always trying to inject wrong thoughts into the mind because that's his entrance. 
And if you accept that wrong thoughts, now see, just because he offered it, you don't have to take it. That's right. That's right. He's always going to offer, you never get past the point where he's going to quit offering you wrong thoughts. Yeah. That's right. But when your mind is being renewed with the word, you recognize wrong thoughts mm -hmm. and then you become skillful at shutting those thoughts out. Yes. Yeah. You have to practice. And I would, I would encourage you in this, practice on thoughts that are not so troubling. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. You know, because when a fiery dart comes, you better have had some skill with the dart. Right. Not, don't wait till it's on fire. <laughs> you know? And, and there can be subtle thoughts that really don't, you know, they aren't life-threatening or anything. But if it doesn't lead you to peace, practice casting it down. Practice answering that thing with the yeah. word, then when really uh, fiery darts come, you already know what to do That's because right. you practiced yeah. on the everyday thoughts, yes. the thoughts that come every day, you know. And so it says, neither give place to the devil. So notice this, he cannot take a place in us, but he's, the only way he can get a place in us is if we accept his thinking. Right. We accept wrong thoughts. Uh -huh. We accept troubling thoughts. Yeah. That means we turn them over and over in our thought life. So practice catching your thoughts. Yes. Yes. What are you doing in your thought life? Amen. And so what we have to make sure is that we don't give place to the devil. We'll see. So when the spirit of God said to us that night in the service, he said, there are three primary ways that my people open the door to the devil, open the door to sickness, open the door to defeat. There's three primary ways that we give place to the devil. Number one, he said, is through the loss of peace. Now see, the peace of God is a fruit that's on the inside of you. The peace of God is something Jesus said, I leave my peace with you. My peace, I leave with you. I bequeath it to you. It's part of your inheritance. The same peace that governed him on this earthly life. Listen, although he was opposed every day on every side, he was completely untroubled by it. Amen. He, he operated with peace dominating him. And so he said, my peace, I bequeath to you. It's part of our inheritance. So when the Spirit of God said that the number one way that people open the door to the enemy is through the loss of peace. What's that mean? They step outside of peace. That's right. The peace is always in you. It's yours. But people many times don't, uh, they don't cause that fruit of peace to grow. And so uh, he said people lose their peace or they step outside of peace. The second thing that he said to us that night that people open the door to the enemy is they veer out of the plan of God for their life. You can't just live any way you want, go any direction you want and think you're going to arrive at God's best. You arrive at God's best by following his plan. And God said to me years ago, he said, make my people to know that long life is connected to my plan. If we veer from his plan, we veer from long life. Prosperity, the abundant prosperity is with his plan. To veer from his plan is to veer from prosperity. But I love something Brother Copeland said. He says, uh, the plan of God, the will of God is my wealthy place. That's not just talking about financial wealth. That's wealth in every single arena. Amen. But it includes financial wealth. And so God said, make my people to know that long life is connected to my plan. So we see this. You can exercise and you can eat right, which is good. It's yeah. right to do. Mm -hmm. But those things will not sustain you when you're out of the will of God. That's right. 
You can't eat enough broccoli to sustain disobedience. You understand? You cannot eat enough greens to sustain disobedience. It will not nourish in, in the flow of disobedience. And so uh, that was the second thing the Spirit of God said to us that opens the door to the enemy is veering from the plan of God. The third thing he said really took me a bit by surprise, but I'm so grateful to know the weight it should be given. And he said the third way people open the door to the devil is lack of gratitude. When you are grateful, you're thankful, and you're praising God and thanking God for things, it makes you mindful of those things. And, and uh, what you're mindful of and grateful for and watchful over, the devil can't steal. Listen, everything God's blessed you with, the devil's busy trying to steal it. Everything. So the way to hold fast to what God has made yours is say, thank you, Father, for health. Thank you for my health. Thank you, Father, for a sound mind. Thank you, Father, for my prosperity. Thank you, Father, for blessing my children, blessing my home. See what you're thankful for and grateful for. The devil cannot steal from you because you're you're exercising your faith over that through gratitude. Now, praising God, thanking God, being grateful is an expression of faith. And when you attach your faith to something, the devil can't touch it. When your faith is, uh, is it's kept as your faith is, is being grateful for it, right? So, and, and I said on a previous episode, no one ever went to a divorce court telling the judge how grateful they were for their spouse. Right? Somewhere gratitude was lost. Amen. Someone... Either one or both parties lost gratitude for the other one. They they no longer were thankful for the good things that they brought to their life. They only focused on the negative or the bad. And uh, so I'm just saying that's one way to protect the blessings of God in your life is be grateful. Be thankful. I so appreciate what this one woman did. A pastor was telling me about it. He said this woman came to his church. She was, he didn't know her at first. And he said she stayed for a period of time. He said uh, she's still there in his church, but for the first two years, he didn't get to, he didn't have the opportunity to get to know her real well, you know, just uh, casual greetings. But he said every time I would preach on healing or I would refer to Jesus as the healer, he said she would stand up and lift both hands. And she'd begin to worship God. He said, not in a loud way and not in a way that drew attention to her inappropriately. But he said, there was such a reverence that she would express when I would mention Jesus, the healer. So he said, I got to know her a little bit better over the next couple of years. And he said, finally, I asked her, I said, sister, he said, every time I refer to Jesus as the healer or something, a sermon is preached in line with that. It said, I always notice you begin to worship God. And he says, I just wanted to ask you about that. And she said, Pastor, she said, 15 years ago, Jesus healed me of cancer. She says, I cannot hear him referred to as healer and not be grateful for what he did. See, what was she doing? Through that act of gratitude, sickness couldn't come back. Sick, uh, sickness had the door closed to it because gratitude had her faith in operation. This is why it says uh, his praise shall continually be in my mouth because as, as we continually praise, we're continually releasing faith. And faith keeps the devil out. Amen. 
And uh, so this is something that the Spirit of God told us that day is that and the third way Christians open the door to the enemy is through the lack of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought it would have just been so easy to keep the door closed by saying, thank for God, I'm so glad to be born again. I'm so glad I belong to you. I'm so glad I'm healed. I'm so glad I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm so glad that I have this home. And you say, Pastor Nancy, I'm in a home that isn't very nice and it's not the home I want. Well, be grateful for that. <laughs> don't, don't be pray- asking God for something when you're complaining about what you got. If you want, if you want, uh, a, if you want a greater blessing of a home, a, a home that you own and a home that's your own, maybe you're in an apartment or something and you don't, you wish you had your own home, be grateful for the apartment you're in. Treat it right. Treat it right. Amen. Because lack of gratitude will not give you something better. So you have to be grateful at the place you're at and at the level you're at. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so in that, uh, I want to go back to the first thing the Spirit of God told us that night. Remember he said that we open the door to the enemy through the loss of peace, through veering from the plan of God or through lack of gratitude. I want to go back to that first one through the loss of peace. Through what is it? Worry, uh-huh. fear, doubt. Yes. All of these things, if we yield to them, we'll step outside of peace. Uh We'll yield to something other than peace. And so we have to make sure that we're not yielding to the wrong thing. Amen? Amen. Now, um, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. The King James translation reads, Be careful for nothing. Look at that big word, nothing. But we don't really use those same, the wording of that today so much because if we say be careful, we would think of something maybe, uh, something dangerous is nearby. Uh, I like what the Amplified says in that verse. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. So when the King James says, be careful for nothing, it's saying, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about it. And I like this amplified, uh, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, anything. Can I tell you this? You're not to even have anxiety about when you've missed it, when you've done something wrong. Now there are times, you know, that the devil will simply attack. And we didn't necessarily do anything to warrant that attack other than obey God and love God. And, (laughs) and, but, uh, when, when we don't, if I could say this, have any role of blame in it, we may be bold to stand our ground against the enemy, but even, but what about the times we missed God? We disobeyed God. We didn't do what he said. And then we opened the door. And if we're not careful, we'll fret about it because we know we missed it. We know we didn't do right. We knew we should have done better. We knew we should have done different. Well, uh, Philippians still is true. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, including where you've missed it. Including where you've missed it. Why? Because worry, fretting. Now, how do you know if you're worrying? If you're thinking about it. Now, people here, they've heard me preach this. They know that definition. How do you know if you're worrying? If you're thinking about it. Now, that'll that'll, that'll nail you right there, won't it? 
People say, well, I'm not worried, I'm just concerned. Yeah, like I said, if you're thinking about it, that's worry. Let me just, let me let you know this. Worry closes the door to the power of God. Worry hinders the power of God from flowing. That's why when you've missed God, you need power more than ever now. Why? To restore some things, to put things back in place. That's done by the power of God. So you need power more than ever when you've missed it. So don't fret or have any anxiety about anything, including when you miss it, because you need power when you missed it. (laughs) And if you worry, then what you do, you close the door to the power of God. God doesn't stop. God doesn't stop flowing or moving with power, just that we close the door to power and it can't reach our need. And uh, have you ever noticed this when you're worrying? You don't hear God. (laughs) That's part of why people worry. I can't hear what God's saying. You better stop that. That worry mess, that doesn't land you anywhere good. But sometimes people have had it as such a way of life that they don't even realize what peace really is. They think they know, but peace is void of worry. Peace is void of fear. Peace is void of doubt. Amen. Amen. And uh, so how do you know if you're worrying, if you're thinking about it? Now, let me tell you, the word tells us that we're to meditate on the word. Remember Joshua chapter one and verse eight, this book of the law, this word of God shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Right? For then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Yes, that's right. Because it'll turn you into a doer of the word. Mm-hmm. Now, med- we know what it means to meditate on the word. That means to think about, mutter it, speak it to ourselves, mm-hmm. in- internally process that in our mind and in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what worry is. Mm-hmm. Worry is meditation, that's right. but in the negative direction. Wow. You're, wow, you're, you're meditating on, on troubling thoughts meditating on worried situations, troubling situations. That's exactly that uh, worry is simply, it is meditation, but it's in the negative direction. And it's a meditation God can't get involved in. So when you meditate the word, you're you're taking on the thoughts of God so he can get involved and speak to you about his word. But when you're worried about troubling thoughts, something in the negative direction, God can't speak to you about that because that's not his flow. He's not in that flow. Amen. So we have to make sure that we're keeping the door open to the power of God, but closed to the enemy. Amen. Pay attention to your thought life. I said, pay attention to your thought life. It's going to either escort and allow the power of God into your situation or it's going to hinder it from flowing. Well, we've been teaching on the book, A Sound Discipline Mind. We want you to get your copy. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you want it and we'll get it right out to you. But until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, 
October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at thefraneministries.org. If you would like to share a testimony or let us know how this ministry has blessed you, we would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at defrainministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrainministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.